T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Got a great show planned for you. Ah, hope you're getting through the week well. We got your back later. And so we're going to be talking about uh, signs that your spouse might want to divorce. Again, for those that might be single or in a relationship that is uh, feeling divorce proof, still lots to learn. Because again, as always, talking about general mental health tips and tricks and uh, just ways to keep the relationships in balance. Uh, lots of divorces happening culturally though. That's been something that's kind of been on the rise, depending on what stats you look at. It falls anywhere between ready, put on your seatbelts and helmets to hear this one anywhere between, uh, well, about half or more 50 to 60% of marriages are getting divorced. Highest rate of singledom. It's because of the way we're running our relationships. But again, remember divorce is not always a bad thing. Often it's a good thing. It's good to recognize when a relationship's gone as far as it's, as far as it can. It's not always a sign of things being bad. Sometimes it's, hey, that was a great ride. We went as far as we could. We did all we could. We've grown in different directions and we are lovingly and understandably separating. I think what's sadder than divorce, because again, whenever someone tells me they're going through a breakup or divorce, I always say, tell me the meaning of that. Because sometimes it's a celebration like, oh, that's really great. Let's move on to the next phase of your life. But I think what's sadder than divorce is people staying in miserable relationships because they think that somehow that's better and it's not better for you. And uh, we forget that it's really bad for those around us and our children we're teaching them really bad lessons of what love looks like and what relationships are like and mental health that's not a great lesson and uh, kids need healthy available caregivers not you know violent or uh, toxic relationships it does impact them you are showing up differently to them if you're walking around that going on in your psyche and in your nervous system and your body so we'll be talking about that later in the show but i really wanted to open up i haven't talked about covid in a very long time and um Johns Hopkins, which is a university hospital, but also a great research hub, has released some information. And this is looking at, uh, you know, breakthrough infections and COVID and the Delta variant from a non-political perspective. You know, science is rooted in facts, although we do have to hold space for the idea that, again, I'm pro-science, I love research. But, um, you know, population samples, the interpretation of the studies and, and all that, you know, does have some subjectivity in it. I don't believe in complete objectivity, um, but we won't even get into that. That's more of a philosophical debate and discussion. But I wanted to talk about what's going on with breakthroughs because we still have people that are afraid of getting vaccinated, unwilling to wear masks. And then I'm working with individuals that aren't sure how to really approach it and have kind of thrown their hands up and just cut people out of their lives or distanced from others and it's kind of gotten messy in some places for some people. So I thought we could talk about that. And then, of course, as always, we'll be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. All right. So uh, we want to understand what's going on. So while treatment for illnesses such as COVID can help people recover once they're sick, right? Prevention of illness in the first place by vaccination is far more beneficial and lowers the risk. Okay. So remember that. Yes, we have treatments doesn't mean you're going to live. doesn't mean you're not going to pass it on to others. Others that might be disabled have uh, compromised immune systems. So again, it really is about us looking out for the way we impact others. It, it, it's not my body, my choice. It's, it's actually literally bigger than that. It's a, it's a pandemic, a highly, highly contagious pandemic, especially when we're talking about the Delta variant. So yeah, you got to take that seriously. And like I said on uh, another show, you know, come on, we put on shirt and shoes to enter stores and restaurants. We don't walk out of the house naked complaining. Um, we bring our driver's license and a lot of people get all dolled up and do their whole makeup routine or skincare routine to leave the house. It ain't that deep to ask you to throw a mask over your face as well. I'm sure you'll look just as great under that mask with all that, all that styling done. Um, this is coming from someone who just wears sweatpants and a hat when I leave the house because I've completely given up. No, I just prioritize comfort right now. It will be interesting to see if I return to trying to be more stylized 
Anywho, I digress as always. So let's learn a little bit from Johns Hopkins and their research. So hearing a lot about breakthrough infections because some people are using that as a way to say, see, vaccines don't work, neither do masks. People are still getting uh, infected. Ah, you are wrong, you are wrong. Let's talk about why. The vaccines are working. They are in fact working, yes. How do we know that? From science and research and declining numbers and looking at the stats as a, looking at infections, but also the impact of those infections on those that are vaccinated or not vaccinated. More on that in a minute. So what is a breakthrough case? So let's talk about that. So a person tests positive for a pathogen, in this case, COVID, against which they have been fully vaccinated. That's a breakthrough. They've been vaccinated, but yet they still test positive because that pathogen still gets through. That does not mean that they will develop symptoms or necessarily transmit it to others. So that means you can have a breakthrough case and have no symptoms. But that does mean, it does mean you can still infect others. So again, it doesn't mean you're gonna have symptoms and these breakthrough cases for those that are vaccinated, right? And asymptomatic especially lead to a very mild response illness-wise. So here's what you have to remember. It takes 14 days after completion of your recommended dose for vaccine to be fully effective. I found myself reminding a lot of people of that. They were like, oh, I got my second dose. I'm out tomorrow night going out. I'm like, whoa, 14 days, yo, two weeks before your immune system has really done all that it needs to do to be able to protect you and reduce the you know rates of infection, but also the impact that an infection would have on you. So why do these breakthrough cases occur? Well, let's take a little break and we'll come back. Don't want to overload you. You can take a little, little dance break. You know what I mean? Get your dance on. It's important stuff. When you hear the music, move your body. I'm one of those people where no matter where I am, who I'm with or what I'm doing, when I hear music, I start moving. Oh my God, I'm becoming my dad. All right, y'all stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back and we're talking about the vaccines and breakthrough infections. Basically saying, why do these occur? And this is to arm you so that you can make the right decisions for yourself, which are essentially get vaccinated, support those around you and get vaccinated, wear a mask. Uh, but I want you to understand so you can explain to others and you can also explain yourself. So why do they, why do breakout, uh, excuse me, breakthrough cases occur? Well, variants, variants occur all the time. Variants with higher viral loads can then also increase transmission rates. So we have to look at the viral loads, clearly higher with the Delta, and that is why we're seeing an increase in transmission rates. Also, breakthroughs occur because, as they say, this is John Hopkins University talking, because low proportions of vaccinated individuals in a community can lead to higher numbers and more circulating viruses. So when you look at these stats that people throw up on the news and online, you can go to the CDC website and check it out, and also by state. If you look at the percentage of people vaccinated in your area and the number is very low, <clears throat> excuse me, then that community is most likely going to have higher cases. You can also check that out online. And that is going to lead to the virus being circulated more. 
And that's part of the decision-making matrix. People are like, oh, Dr. Cruz, why aren't you seeing people in your office yet? Well, because the numbers are rising. I'm looking at my area. I'm looking at the percentage of people vaccinated and the number of positive cases. And I make my decisions based on that, the science, the facts, not what I'm familiar with. A lot of us are familiar hearing about COVID and Delta, and we're like, eh, familiarity lets, uh, lets us let our guard down. It's not a good idea. That's why businesses like Google and are saying, we're not even coming back in 2021. Stay home. The numbers are spiking. People aren't getting vaccinated. And so that's what happens. So you can check your local area to see what are the vaccination rates and also what are the infection rates. And those go hand in hand. And it's gonna be horrifying for somebody to see those stats, but that speaks to the safety of going out. I am not attending any group events. So y'all going to concerts and shows and, and sporting events, no way. Although we keep seeing different sports teams, venues like the Coachella organizers saying vaccination only. We don't care about your negative test. It could be fake. We don't know when you took that. It doesn't prevent transmission. Uh, so vaccinations only. So I'm all about that. I'm still, I still, even with that, would not feel safe going. So you're not going to see me doing anything with mass amounts of people for a very, very, very long time. Even into next year. I'm being very cautious. Why? I'm a public health professional and my health matters. <laughs> I don't feel safe. And there's very few things that really require us to be around crowds of people or in dangerous small spaces. And push back on that expect to be able to work from home, expect to be able to pass on going to a uh, birthday party or a, you know, engagement event. It's okay to say, I don't feel safe doing that. We have to practice and be able to say that. I'm sorry. Thank you for the invite. I don't feel safe. Oh, everyone's vaccinated. Again, I don't feel safe because that doesn't mean they're not infected and they can be asymptomatic and still infected. And you have, that's a, you know, it's the honor system. I just heard a story from a friend where they went to a bridal shower. Everyone was told that they had to be vaccinated. The host attempted to check in on that and then they found out while there that one of the people in fact wasn't like who wants to deal with that now is not the time to be throwing these parties and events i'm sorry you're going to, have to delay it or, or go without i know heartbreaking sad i'm crying for you right now you'll be okay we're talking about lives you know what i mean okay pushing through the, the research breakthrough cases do not mean vaccines are not effective and that's important because people are trying to say that oh people are still getting the you know covid so those those vaccines aren't working oh no no they are see no one ever claimed they're 100 percent effective and as we said things mutate like wake up that's that's how it goes with everything things that are waterproof still gets get leaks you know what i mean like nothing's 100 percent anything even sex we talk about safer sex because sex isn't safe anytime you touch another human being or in their space around them you're at the risk of contracting something. That's life. You know, be worried more about door handles and sick babies, like, because those are transmission rates too of things, right? So let's not get overwhelmed. But breakthrough do happen in vaccines. That does not mean they're not effective. Instead, what does the, what do those breakthroughs mean? It means that immunity decreases over time. We know that. That's why you get the flu vaccine every year, right? We have to get different, different things like some of the hepatitis vaccines again and again, right? <clears throat> so again, immunity decreases over time. That's life, y'all. Uh, immunity may also vary by the individual based on what? Health history, current health concerns, age, right? That matters. Also, considering the vaccination rates and uh, positive rates of the area you're in should also be part of this. Also, because uh, the strain and the variant itself is going to impact immunity differently, right? So breakthrough cases do not mean that it's not working. They're not 100%. But again, they decrease the incidence and also the impact. Are breakthrough cases unique to COVID? No, <laughs> no vaccine is 100% effective, none of them. But yet we've wiped out complete pandemics in the past by us all falling in line, right? So it is important. Um, despite recent media attention, breakthrough infection rates happen following inoculation against things like influenza, measles, many other diseases. Current data suggests that getting the flu after a vaccination is more common than a breakthrough case. Ah, just a little flu. Um, so again, also looking at the numbers, you have to understand what the numbers are saying. Oof, God also really pay attention to your sources. I'm seeing some wonky, wonky sources of misinformation being spread out there, y'all, and this matters. Um, so again, they'll say something like 125,000 people that are vaccinated have tested positive, and you're like, oh my God, that's a big number. This is useless. But that's out of 165 million people. That is a bleep on that screen. That's the full truth, the full fact. You can't just look at one number or one stat out of context. What's the population size and sample? What area are we talking about? Like it's larger than that. So 125,000 people testing positive while vaccinated out of 165 million. When you really look at it like that, it's a very different response. So understand that. Don't look at. Don't buy into the clickbait. Um, 
Wow, some of this research is really deep and a little too intellectual, so I'm skipping over some of it as I'm trying to wrap my own head around it. Um, <clears throat> so yes, vaccines are still effective against the Delta variant. That's really the takeaway. Um, I'm looking at, is there anything else I want to share about this? Uh, all right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish this out, and then we'll glide into those DMs, and then we'll get into uh, divorce-proof your relationship. It's good stuff, y'all. So uh, DMs, if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any question you got related to anything about mental health, sex, relationships, dating, and uh, check uh, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face and click on it. And in those DMs, you can drop any topics you want us to cover as well. We do our best to uh, have a wide reach of things. But stick around. We'll be back listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're back, and we're just finishing up our segment on uh, information at John Hopkins University, talking about the vaccine and breakthrough cases and the Delta variant, and just really bringing it home, making it logical so that we can protect ourselves, but also so that we're armed with good information to be able to help others understand what's going on. Uh, the vaccination rates have kind of slowed down, and the infection rates are spiking again. And looking at the stats, you can see, if you go online, what areas have what, and that helps you determine the safety of the area you're living in. You know, follow that, pay attention to that. Um, you know, here in LA, we have to wear a mask to enter any indoor space. And soon, most likely, it's gonna also be a vaccine requirement. So you might wanna start setting up a vaccine passport or in your wallet if you have an Apple phone. Um, I've already gone ahead and done that, so I have access to that. Also, you know, put your vaccination card in a plastic safe space so that it doesn't get damaged. You wanna be able to hold on to that. Although a lot of places, if you reach back out, they're able to maybe send you a new one, I think. I think I think I got a follow up on that, although I did believe someone was able to get something. Um, <clears throat> so basically, we're just talking about, you know, pay attention to the research you're looking at, look at the numbers, look at them in context, know that there are breakthrough cases, that doesn't mean the vaccine's not working. Vaccines are not 100% for anything ever, right? Uh, immunity decreases over time, there's other things we have to pay attention to. Um, <clears throat> but I wanted to just circle back on is, uh, why should vaccinated people wear a mask too? Right, because that's a lot of people are saying, I'm vaccinated, I did this, so I don't have to wear a mask. Well, number one, because of break breakthrough cases. Number two, because not everyone who has a breakthrough case shows symptoms, and so you might be able to still transmit it. And number three, because you can transmit it, right? Uh, so if you're vaccinated, vac uh, the virus has no time to replicate inside the cells. That's what happens when you're vaccinated. So the more contagious Delta variant may be able to infect you and enter your cells if you're vaccinated, but won't then have time to replicate and make you sick. See how that works? The unvaccinated, God bless, Virus has time to replicate inside their cells, replicating all over the place and taking over. Yeah, that's what happens. However, vaccinated people may be able to transmit the Delta virus during the initial infection window, which supports the CDC's recommendation that vaccinated people should wear masks in crowded places until we have more people vaccinated. <clears throat> it's kind of basic stuff here. So what are the takeaway? If you're unvaccinated, Delta variant's gonna be highly contagious for you. Yes. And uh, you're not gonna have any defenses. You have no defenses if you're unvaccinated. You're just kind of going to get hit hit right in the face with it. If you're vaccinated, though, you can still spread it during the short time that it takes for the existing immunity to eliminate the virus. So in that little window period, if you're vaccinated, you could still spread it to others. That matters. Like, you got to care about that. If not, you're you know, being a little self-centered, narcissistic, maybe even a little sociopathic. Like, if you're telling me, I'm cool with killing other people or spreading it to others, you know what I mean? Come on. Put that in check a little bit. Like, be, we want to be better than that. Don't let yourself off the hook like that, because you don't want to get a free shot <clears throat> or have to wear a mask. Now, what if you're ma what if you're vaccinated and you're rocking that that badass mask? Well, in that case, additional defenses because nothing's one hundred percent effective, and that mask is just another line of defense to protect yourself. Because who wants to get sick and to protect you from spreading it to someone else? So that's really important. Um, and I thought there's a fact here, right? Here's another fact too. People who are unvaccinated were two to three times likely to be reinfected with COVID-19 than those who are vaccinated. So we got to get on this. We got to get this under wraps. Um, there's a lot of people who are still struggling. And again, let's have kindness around this. I'm, I'm watching the way people are stepping into this debate, looking at the school board arguments, right? Even as we watch the governor himself get infected, but still says you can't legally mandate masks. So schools are finding loopholes, like making it part of the dress code, because teachers are scared, kids are scared, parents are scared, right? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a mess. Be kind. <clears throat> Don't attack. I'm literally seeing people get attacked. I'm watching, again, still people 
getting very aggressive with people running the front line of a store or a restaurant who are tasked, unfortunately, with the job of saying, are you vaccinated? Hi, sir, you have to wear a mask to come in here. They're just doing their job. They're not in a position of power. To attack them is a misuse of your power or the power you think you have. It's also very unkind. Be an adult, be better than that, because it's adults I'm seeing doing this, not the kids. You know what I mean? And don't let your kids think that that's okay. <clears throat> Talk to those around you. We are responsible for those around us, how we impact them, but also have conversations with people. Hey, I noticed you had told me you weren't vaccinated. Can we talk about why? You know, be open to educating people, but in order to do so, be armed with the facts, lead with kindness. But again, at the end of the day, you have a right to decide, hey, if there's people in your life that aren't willing to get vaccinated, you have a right to say, don't feel safe spending time right now. We'll have to check in again in the future. You have a right to set that boundary. Don't feel forced to spend time around people that you don't feel safe around. I'm not. I'm saying no to anything that doesn't feel safe to me. My, my mental health, my physical health mean more than whatever the event is or the party is or whatever's going on, right? It's part of that self-care we're always talking about, having more of a mental health focus, right? So take care of yourselves, but also be a little bit kinder with how you're interfacing with others. Seeing some of those um, videos that go viral, my God, you know, you're like, wow, what's going on that they're that intense? And then you find out it's over having to wear a mask. I think some of the better videos are when you see people acting a fool and then someone pulls their camera out, they notice that they're going on film and they change their song and dance real quick. That healthy level of shame kicks in, puts them right back in line, you know what I mean? Thank God for that healthy level of social shame. But um, all right, y'all, when we come back, we're gonna glide into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, any question you got, any topic you want covered. And uh, you can check out past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. All good stuff there, binge, post, share, check them back out. But uh, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. All right, we are back. Now it's time to glide into those DMs brought to you by Astroglide. Astroglide lubes and lotions for everybody. Gliding into the DMs. Kicking it in the Astroglide studios. Here we go. Tonight's DM says, hey, Dr. Chris, I wanted to get your opinion on dating apps right now. All right, all right, dating apps. In all honesty, I have about three different ones. They're all pretty awful. <laughs> people aren't consistent. The pool of people to choose from is low. How can we meet people during this weird time in the pandemic? Yeah, it's not the app's fault. It's the way people are using them. People don't use them appropriately. We think everyone's an object and we don't weigh in on the fact that the only way to really test um, chemistry is to meet them. There is no algorithm in the world that can promise chemistry. You have to actually be in the presence of someone, which is also why I tell people before a date, you should go on the, get on a phone date first and FaceTime. You might realize there's no chemistry there. It, it, we have to be around them, see them, watch them move, see their posture. But the problem with the dating apps is the people. People aren't kind. Take it seriously. You're impacting people. Be kind. Be loving. Don't ghost. Don't be harsh. Take it seriously. There's people on there that are like taking a chance, right? Their self-esteem's on their line. Their sexual esteem. Like, Treat it cautiously and lovingly. But the biggest thing I can tell you is you can only create the conditions upon which love can emerge. So be on the dating apps, do your best. When in doubt, go out with them. Don't be that person that makes decisions based on the qualities that the dating apps only give us. Height, weight, career, we don't know what that means. And in the real world, those things don't matter. And in real life, they don't matter at all. Healthy relationships aren't built on height and weight and finance. It's based on what it's like to be with that person, who we are, what we co-create. But you also have to move through the world a single way. If you don't like the dating apps, be willing to make eye contact and go up and hit on someone. I don't care if you're a boy or girl or non-binary, you have to be assertive. So move through the world with your earphones off. Make eye contact, smile, talk to people, flirt, hit on people. Obviously acknowledge consent and boundaries, but you have to be willing to go up to someone. You can't be that person where you make eye contact and you both keep walking and you're not willing to do what they're not willing to do, which is actually go into our vulnerability and step up to someone and ask them out. Be willing to do that. Put that effort in. That might serve you better, but when in doubt, go out. You have to be willing to go on dates. Don't make decisions just based on the app. If they seem attractive to any extent to you or interesting, swipe right, start a conversation, show up as consistent and available. You can't send a message and Five days later, pop back on. Get off the app as soon as possible and exchange numbers. Interested people like signs of interest. If they're interested, they will not be thrown off by saying, you seem great, let's exchange numbers. Texting, you seem awesome, let's get on FaceTime. That was really amazing. Are you free? And be assertive. Don't say, when can we go out? Make a plan, start from there. Hey, are you free Friday night for a hike? And if they're like, no, say, when would you be? And how they show up to that tells you their level of interest. And if they're just very flimsy in that, move on maybe. But you have to be willing to put in the legwork. You have to be willing to be assertion. You have to not have this ego fantasy list of all the qualities they have to have. Let that go. Let that go. You need the experience. 
right? Apps are only a starting point. We shouldn't live and die and make all of our decisions based on the few things that the apps give us access to about a person, which aren't even the most meaningful, relevant things that speak to chemistry and compatibility. It's a starting point. But you have to widen your net, stop with these age requirements. You don't know the age you need and you don't know the maturity or chemistry based on the age that they that you think you need. You know what I mean? So wide net of ages, be willing to get in your car and drive a little bit. We have to stop being hung up on three mile radius only because you keep yourself single when people are like, I don't want to drive and they need to be a certain height and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, well, good luck. <laughs> That's why you're single. So you have to really ask yourself, am I really serious about relationality? Because if so, I got to put some work in got to be willing to do the work and that's what the work looks like but those dating apps are doing the best they can they're they're at the they're at the you know it's up to the people on them to be better so it's kind of like a collective call to action let's all be better let's all do better um but yeah be on them i think three is a good number go on them every day if you're really serious and be responsive and available right give people a chance just get out of your own way but um you got to go on a lot of dates it's a numbers game it's a numbers game and a timing game putting in enough effort to be there at the right time to meet the right person who's also there at the right time. And there we go, you know, but we can't run away from the smallest infractions like we do. We can't run away when they disappoint us. We can't be so hypersensitive. We have to, you know, hang in there a little bit because everyone's coming into it with their own stuff, you know? Um, but we have to be willing to do the work that we want other people to do. So keep, keep giving it time. It's, it's a numbers game. It takes months and years sometimes, you know, we have this idea that it should be quick and easy. I don't know where that came from. It doesn't work like that. So, um, hang in there. All right, y'all, uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking about divorce signs that maybe your partner wants a divorce or signs that maybe that's what you're thinking needs to happen and ways to kind of clean that up. And then we'll be gliding back into those DMS courtesy of Astroglide. DMs are brought to you by Astro Glide, and you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astro Glide. All right, we are back. Time to talk about divorce. Woof. Uh, lots of different signs and signals. Uh, just talk about general relational health. Things are going to happen, right? Conflict occurs. That's expected. Uh, how we manage it's important. When I'm from afar assessing a couple, if they tell me that, uh, you know, they're fighting a lot, okay, I want to understand why. If they tell me that, you know, sex has fallen off a little bit, okay, I get it. But if they tell me they're no longer touching or spending time together, uh, a zillion red flags go off because that might mean that at this point, people have really gotten too comfortable and familiar with with withdrawing and dug their heels into that. And it might mean the erosion of the core, the core, which is that friendship and fondness that I actually enjoy and like this person. Um, So if you think you're seeing warning signs, it's possible that you are. And the first person or the first thing you should do is talk to your partner about it. Because it's all about building one-to-one relationships with everyone and anyone. I appreciate and value that sometimes we go to uh, a trusted loved one to process it, talk it out. But I, again, I'd rather us build robust relationships with our primary partners or best friends or family members where we can go directly to them, where we have enough intimacy and vulnerability and safety that we can go directly to them and say, hey, I was seeing something, thinking something, feeling something, worrying about something. No better person to go to than the person who is involved. So, hey, are you considering divorce, right? So that's the ideal. And in therapy, we then process and we figure out what to do, how to approach, whatever that is. Um, But the warning signs tend to be emotional disconnection because relationships are really at their core about emotional connection. That is the goal. That is what builds it. That's what keeps it. That's what maintains it. And so if there's an absence or loss of that, you're right. You don't currently actually have a relationship. Your two bodies cohabitating. You might sleep in the same bed, but those, again, those behavioral structural things don't don't dictate or say that there's a relationship in action. It's, it's, it's what's occurring or not occurring, right? Um, so emotional disconnection is a big deal. Loss of romance is a big deal, AKA living like friends or roommates, not a good sign. So if you're seeing that happening, start talking, start doing some therapy, start doing the work. Don't, don't just ride it out. It tends to only get worse and then it gets even harder to get back to the relationship. Right. Um, and then here's the death knoll contempt. When you start to realize I have contempt for this person, go Google what that word means. It means dislike. Let me actually share the definition uh, that the dictionary provides because it hurts. But really, 
vulnerably sit with this. Do you feel this way about your partner? Does your partner possibly seem to feel this way about you or a loved one or a family member? So contempt is the feeling that that person is beneath consideration, that they are worthless. I mean, beneath consideration. So we're not, I mean, we're talking about an extreme form of dislike. And I work with some couples or some friends or some family members where they have contempt. They feel as though that other person is not worth care or warmth or consideration. So it's like, a, it's, it's, it's further along than anger or frustration or dislike. Because dislike means I'm not liking them right now. I'm not feeling too good. Dislike means maybe that can be improved or changed. Or dislike means I'm just going to take space. Contempt is like they are beneath not only me, but consideration. They are worthless, right? Um, You don't even take them into account. That's a really deep, rough feeling. And if a couple has that, man, we're in danger. We're in danger. It's usually usually too late. It's usually too late, truly. yeah, once it enters, it might be too late to save the marriage. And to fix the marriage, uh, partners are going to need to confront these issues together or end the relationship respectfully to avoid further damage. Um, it's tough stuff, I know. So what are the signs that your spouse might be unhappy and considering divorce that you can get that conversation started? And if you realize you are feeling or thinking these things, it's a sign for you to start getting that going. It's sometimes about the other, sometimes it's about you. Then it's time to get a crack a you know what I mean? So first one, your spouse is avoiding you, avoiding time together or avoiding conversations. Not today only or maybe for a few days. In general, if in general you realize we are just bumping around, we are two ships in the night, we pass each other, right? Not a lot of convo, absolutely no touch or warmth. We're avoiding each other, not a good sign, right? If they're always trying to be away, always trying to be out, working longer hours, that's what some people do to avoid having to face their distress, their pain, the truth is they work long hours, come home, go to bed, get up early and they're gone. All their free time on weekends, they're out, they're busy. Not a good sign. Common uh, common indicators of this detachment might be they're not interested in where you are, what you're doing. You feel the emotional disconnect. Uh, you might be arguing a lot. You might be glad to have distance. But if that continues, there's a serious problem. The work isn't about getting more comfortable and, and, and really getting familiar with drifting and being away. It's the opposite. How do I lean in, reconnect, come back, right? So it's working against what your natural impulses are to hide, to avoid, to withdraw, to throw a wall up. It's how do I soften? How do I connect? How do I open? How do we talk? If you're unwilling to do that, the marriage is over, acknowledge it, get divorced and go find better for each of you. Because this is not something that you should ride off into the sunset with, but some people do. This is just how they live. That is heartbreaking to me. That's more of a failure than them saying, time to get divorced. That's actually a good thing at that point. That's actually someone finally stepping into solution and health, right? I'm going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about the signs that maybe you or your partner are moving towards divorce and that uh, you got your last moment to try to do something, you know? And then, of course, we'll be closing out the show by gliding into those DMs. So if you've got a DM for us, drop in those DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'll be back, though. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Lady Gaga's jazz and piano Las Vegas residency returns to Park MGM October 14th through the 31st. Go to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win two tickets, a hotel stay at Park MGM, round-trip airfare for two, plus $500 in spending money. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Don't miss Lady Gaga's jazz and piano residency shows, Las Vegas. We'll be right back with more Loveline. All right, we're back. We're talking about signs that maybe you are moving towards divorce and are you doing these things is your partner doing these things but the answer to either is time to talk talk about doing the work or talk about let's just get that divorce that's kind of your only options but getting more comfortable just being roommates or being separate isn't a solution it's an avoidant tactic because you're like i i I just don't want to get divorced for whatever reason so we're just going to stay trapped and miserable it's not healthy for anyone and there's no valor in that please don't think well at least we stayed married like huh no that's not what it's about man it's about your quality of life how you impact each other what you co-create like my god don't do it just to do it and don't think just because you check that life off that that box like i got a marriage that somehow you're 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 doing adulthood or living life well it's the quality of that that matters yikes right it's not just having it. it's not something to have it's an experience to have So before the break, we were talking about um, if you or your spouse are avoiding each other and time together and avoiding any kind of conversation, always working late, always busy, never around, not a good sign. That's a massive red flag. What else? 
You live like roommates and your partner rejects all affection, romance, or sexuality. Because those are the keystones. Those are things that, those are resources, those are tools. Those are signs that all's going well, that you want that kind of closeness, that you're open to that kind of closeness, that you desire them, that you accept them, that you receive them, that you want that kind of closeness and that touch. When that drops off, if it's temporary, cool. Especially if all else is well, that happens. But if you realize things aren't going great and that's happening and they're, they're rejecting my attempts or I'm not even willing to make attempts, red flag i need to examine this we need to talk and if you can't talk to your partner you have an even bigger issue right because they're not even willing to discuss this with you or you haven't built the kind of relationship that allows for that now it's time to right again that whole concept of ships passing in the night with no physical contact healthy couples are always doing some kind of contact every single day and that's a way to get back to that start to try to offer that start to try to be open to receiving that that's what the repair looks like if you're not willing to do that then it's probably just time to go or, or get into some therapy and work on, should I have that willingness or is that willingness something I should honor? What does that mean, right? So, cause right now we're really just talking about signs. We're not talking about solutions. So for your relations, like your relationship is like this, well, then there is no romance. You don't have a romantic relationship. You just have someone who you have a marriage contract with or someone who you have, you know, co-owning a house or co-parenting with. Start to maybe use those words in your head, right? You don't have a romance partner. Um, that hugging, that cuddling, the I love yous. See if you can get bring that back. Sometimes that's all you need to do is remind yourselves that that's available. Start to make that more familiar, right? But again, it's that unwillingness or the rejection of that. That's the bigger red flag because these things can drift. And this is where this is tips for everyone. Don't let those things drift. Those are what hold us together and make everything else that occurs naturally in a relationship maybe feel easier or better. Um, other signs that you or your partner might be moving out of the relationship or already gone or heading towards divorce. Your spouse is unwilling to work on the relationship. You're, we're stuck. If your partner's like, I'm good, I'm not doing anything because they're that angry, right? Because they have that much contempt for you or because they're that over it. Well, then let's honor it. Then it's, then it's already over. It, it's been over. That, that ends it there. And then we have to work on the separation. But you should never just say, okay, cool, I'll hang in there. I'm gonna, I'll show that I'm a good partner by hanging in there. You're showing actually the opposite. You're, you're demonstrating your kids the wrong ideas about love and relationship. You're not taking care of yourself, right? Who are you even demonstrating good, good adulthood to at that point and why? That's not what that looks like. The good adulthood and the good message for your kids is when love is gone, we work on it. If we can't, we leave. You don't stick around just to stick around, right? Um, so if you've expressed these worries and you said, let's, let's talk, let's read a, a marital therapy book together and work on it. Let's just at least spend, try spending some quality time together. Let's get into some couples therapy. If they're like, no, I'm not interested. I'm not going to do that. That's beyond a red flag. What else? Spouse doesn't seem to care about your feelings or you no longer care about your spouse's feelings. That's that contempt. They are beneath consideration. They had a rough day. You just don't even care. That means the marriage is pretty much over. Might be too late already. Can you work on caring? Can you work on reconnecting? They don't care, you don't care, it's a problem. Right, think about that. Yes, one person can make change in the system if they're willing to work on themselves, but sometimes it requires both. And so it really depends. Um, this is a rough one, yeah, because that's the arguing, the criticism, the blaming, the stonewalling. Uh, that means communication has really virtually shut down. Because remember, the best part, the most important part, the most meaningful part, what we really work on in therapy is that core friendship, just liking each other, valuing each other, enjoying each other, and everything positive rolls from that outward, right? And so the work is about coming back to that. So sometimes if couples just say, let's go back to doing the things we used to enjoy doing together to remind us that we liked each other and can again, right? To bring back some of those associative feelings. Sometimes you have to go back to the beginning. What did we do in the beginning to flirt, to court, to romance? Can we get back to that? Can we start over? Some people really have to set the reset button, but, but you have to actually then do it. Attract each other again, flirt with each other again, court each other again, romance each other again, and then keep it. That's the key term, the key takeaway. Keep it. Don't let that go. And if you're realizing you've let that go, bring that back in. Because without that, you can't then expect to still have and feel a close connection or, or feel that deep romance, right? Those are those pieces. So I say that a lot to people. Go back to what you did in the beginning because you did it somehow, right? You didn't just end up married or in the same house. Bring those things back. But both parties have to have the willingness to do that and to receive that and to participate in that. It needs to come from both. 
And so if you or your partner are not willing to do that, we have an even bigger issue, right? Again, this comes up to another sign. One of you is always busy, always preoccupied, right? Always disappearing, never around, right? We, we, we need our partners to be there for us to turn to, for us to connect with. Time together matters. But when they're preoccupied or they ignore us or they dismiss us, that is not a good sign. That's time to start asking questions. What's going on? Can we create a plan? Can I see you? Can we do something this week? Can we do something this weekend? We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back and keep talking about this. Signs that your relationship might be heading towards divorce. Might be about you. Might be about them. We're going to, we're going to kind of look at that. So, uh, and then, of course, we'll close out the show by gliding into those DMs. So if you've got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline AG page. All right, y'all. We'll be back. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris and Channel Q and Odyssey. All right. <clears throat> We're just finishing up our discussion about signs that you or your partner might be uh, really in a place where divorce is looming or a relational breakup. And again, this applies to all relationships. You can really apply these skills. And these are also things you want to not let go of or work on centering in your relationship again. But we are talking about the fact that the core of a healthy relationship, especially romantically, is friendship. That I like this person. I want to spend time with them. Right? I enjoy being around them. I care about them. If they're sad, I'm sad. If they're wounded, I want to know what's going on and be a part of fixing that. But when that starts to fall apart in a road, sometimes if we catch it soon enough, we can get back to that. We're doing the same things. I'm sorry. Doing the, the uh, former things that we used to do that felt good. Get back to what was working. When, when couples find their uh, special secret sauce, what the ingredients are to that, keep making it that way. Don't give up on that. But we do that. We get, we, we move in together. We get married, we have kids and we like back off of all the things we need to do to keep ourselves close and connected. Don't let them go, but you can always go back to them. But if you or your partner are not willing to do that, to, to initiate it, to receive it, well, then we're stuck and we might be moving to divorce. And as I said, divorce isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes it's a sign of success. And what's worse is people staying in miserable relationships and making everyone around them miserable as well. So if your partner or you is always playing the game, if I'm always busy, I'm never around, I don't want to see them, I don't want to spend time with them, well, maybe an affair is happening or maybe they're already working their way out or maybe they're testing to see what it's like to have life without you. Those are red flags, meaning step in and do something. Don't pick a fight about it. That's not a solution. Really work on liking each other again, being committed to trying to give this a shot. And if they're not willing to do that, well, then you don't have a relationship, right? Um, your spouse suddenly begins to care more about their looks. Oh, that's an interesting one. It could be because they're realizing they want to start courting you and attracting you more. They might realize that they, you know, kind of let certain elements that are important to them go, or you're right. They're, they're getting ready to enter the dating market again. They want to feel desirable again. You know, it could go either way. But again, if you have a close, healthy relationship, you can ask questions and check in on that. Hey, I noticed you've been going to the gym a lot more. What's going on? What's that about? It doesn't have to be accusatory. It could be out of curiosity because you are trying to track and participate in their life. And so when you see them making new moves and decisions, of course you ask about it. And if that's weird for you to do that, my God, you guys have not had a very intimate relationship, right? It has been two people just living in a coexistence only. Um, here's another one. If your partner or you start keeping a lot of secrets about money, who your friends are, email, social media stuff. What's that about? Because a healthy relationship's the opposite of that. Yes, we have boundaries and privacy, but we're not hiding, right? So really pay attention to that. That's a big deal. Also, if you notice, um, this is actually kind of a funny one. I'm looking at uh, an article and they said, if you notice that your partner's computer search history has terms like divorce, divorce lawyer, separation. Well, yes, it's pretty blunt. Unless they're in school doing a research paper on that or unless they're trying to understand what leads to divorce so as to prevent it. But again, you see that in the search, start a conversation about it. Hey, honey, it was really hard to see that. Can we talk about why you're exploring that? Do you wanna, are you thinking about leaving this relationship? What can I do? Like these shouldn't be things that lead to fights. That's just more of the same. These should be conversations that lead to trying to understand and learn about your partner, yourself, and what's going on. That's really what all this is about. These aren't supposed to lead to attacks or criticism. It's basically you saying, I miss you. I don't want to lose you. What can we do to make sure that doesn't have to happen? Right? We shouldn't be angry about this unless we should be angry at ourselves for what we haven't done or have been doing. That's okay. But otherwise, if you see, think your partner's wanting to divorce you or leave you, share the sadness, the frustration, the disappointment, and really do the work of saying, is there still hope? Are you still open to some change? Can we talk about what that change needs to be? Which is why I tell you guys all the time, every couple of months, you should sit down and say, how's this relationship or marriage been feeling? What do we need to work on? So that you're steps ahead, so that you're letting them know I do care, so that you can work on things because they, before they go too far. 
so that you're practicing being transparent and having those difficult conversations. But if you haven't been doing that and years just go by, well, that's why your partner doesn't feel like they can be open or approach you. And then they start making these decisions without including you in it. That's when the red flags are there. They've just decided that they can't include you or talk to you, you know? Clean that up, do better. Use these segments as a way to go home. Even if you think your marriage is great, your relationship is great, go home and talk about this. Hey, I heard on Loveline a lot of the things that people have to worry about. You know, can we commit to always letting each other know where we're at and how we feel so that we can make changes and tweak things if needed? Can we never just show up out of the blue saying, I've left or I've been cheating or I decide I want a divorce and never really giving the other a chance to be part of a solution, right? That's unkind. That's where a lot of the trauma shows up. So be a better partner, you know, but really work on that core friendship. That's, that's what a lot of couples work is about, reconnecting to that. And again, like I said, how we got into this relationship is often a good reminder of what we need to bring back or what we need to get back to because that's what got us here. That's what got us willing to do this, right? And just examining patterns and habits. So we'll talk more about that. We always do. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be gliding into those DMs, courtesy of Astroglide, lotions and lotions and lube for everyone. Uh, it's a little bit of a tongue twister. If you've got a DM for us, as always, drop in the DMs on our Level NIG page. Give us a call, uh, follow back. Whatever topics you want covered, questions you want answered, drop them in there. And uh, over at wearechannelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes, binge, post, share, re-listen. Lots of good tips and gems over there, so check that out. But um, take a little dance break. You know what I mean? Let that body move you. And when we come back, um, DMs. So stick around, y'all. You're listening to Love Line. Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. We'll be back, y'all. All right, y'all. We are back, and now it's time to glide into those DMs brought to you by Astroglide. That's right. We're kicking it in Astroglide Studios. Astroglide lubes and lotions for everybody. Gliding into the DMs. This one says, uh, it's a long one. Bam. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Thomas. I was dating this guy on and off for about five years when we finally decided to call quits. We live in different states. I miss him, but I feel like my recovery time was a little bit quicker than any other relationship because I didn't have to see them and their family and their friends. Now I've been dating someone new for about five months. My family loves them. My friends love them. And they're so much better and different than the one I was seeing for years prior. He proposed, and I said yes. Max reached out and was furious with me. He said he would have proposed if he knew I wanted to get married and that I am the worst person in the world for only knowing him six months. Meanwhile, I'd known the other one for tons of years. Am I a bad person? Oh my gosh, I didn't know where that question was going to go. No, you're not. There's no right amount of time that you need to stay single. And you know, this person's upset because they wanted to be with you. You realize it wasn't a good relationship and you're in a better one. And time promises and tells us nothing. So there's no, you know, people come up with these magic formulas of how long you need to be single and blah, blah. No, none of that's real. Your partner's hurt. You know, even if you got, it doesn't matter. You don't need to live your life on the chronology of where your partner's at. I'm sorry, where your ex is at emotionally or psychologically. You know what I mean? Obviously, they don't have anyone new in their life. Obviously, they're still holding space for you. That's their journey. So I would shut that down. Um, hey, sorry to hear that that was hurtful for you, but I'm living life based on what makes sense to me and this is the right decision for me. Take care. That's your answer. Because 
their thoughts about your journey aren't relevant and it's none of your business and they don't need to be sharing it with you. And six months is plain. Um, six months is a, is a fine amount of time. Some people jump right back into relationships. I do. I'm not single for very long. I'm a relational person. I like relationships. I like to be in them and I want to be in them. And so I spend more time in them than out of them. I don't work on learning how to be single because that's not my goal. And that's not realistic for who I am and what I want to be in the world. Right. And so I'm not single for long periods of time, but we know from solid research that the quality of your next relationship is not determined by the length of time that you are single. It's based on the people in it. So the length of time between relationships speaks to nothing. There's no magic formula. It's are you ready and how healthy are you and who's this other person? And you met someone great and you jumped all in. So your partner's hurt. Okay, that's for them to manage, but you're, you're doing your thing and you're fine. So do not feel bad. I've heard tons of people say things like that. They jumped in something too soon. Too soon for you, but not for them. Or I can't believe they're already in love. It can't be real. It wouldn't feel right for you, but it does for them. You know what I mean? The only people that can really assess your relationship are the people in it, you and this person. So congratulations. I'm proud of you. I'm excited for you. You softened after the breakup. You held space for someone else to enter. You've done your work. You met a great match. You're gonna pull it off. You're gonna work hard on it. You're gonna move on into a beautiful future and your ex is trying to bring you down and kind of be toxic your ex should share that they're upset and hurt but they shouldn't be shaming you or pathologizing you or judging you and they should be supportive if they care about you and happy that you're happy so a little bit of shame on them you don't have you can set better boundaries and say i'm not interested in your thoughts about my new relationship i'm sorry to hear you're, you're hurting good luck all sending love but you're not doing anything bad or wrong and there's nothing mentally unhealthy. Rebounds aren't a real thing. They're not a promise thing. Some people go relationship to relationship, others don't. It's what you do in that time, but it's also this new person that matters. So that length of time doesn't speak to anything. We have to let that go. That's mythology, that's bad pop psychology. Be where you are. You met someone great, I'm proud of you. Often people then have more of an avoidant, anxious style moving forward and they struggle to really be open and stay soft, but you did that work. Most people harden and shut down, but you stayed open and softened, beautiful. Be proud of that, feel good about that. Love and relationship are some of the most important, powerful, joyous things we can bring into our life, so I'm glad you have that. And your partner will find someone or maybe they won't, but you don't need to, you know, your life's chronology and process doesn't need to meet what they think is acceptable because he is making that up. He's pulling that out of the air, you know? So don't feel bad, loud and proud, loud and proud. You know what I mean? All right, y'all, that is our show for the night. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline AG page or a show topic you want covered, something you want us to deep dive deeper into, and uh, past episodes for you to binge, listen, post, share over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face and the name of the show and click on it. And while you're there, check out some of those other shows. But spend the rest of your night focused on self-care, tons of rest, enjoy, and pleasure. Be kind to yourself, be kind to those around you. And as always, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you tomorrow night and y'all enjoy the rest of your night. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.